Job chapter 18. Then Bildad the Shuite answered, How long will you hunt for words? Consider and afterwards we will speak. Why are we counted as animals which have become unclean in your sight? You who tear yourself in your anger, will the earth be forsaken for you, or will the rock be removed out of its place? Yes, the light of the wicked will be put out. The spark of his fire won't shine. The light will be dark in his tent. His lamp above him will be put out. The steps of his strength will be shortened. His own counsel will cast him down, for he is cast into a net by his own feet, and he wanders into its mesh. A snare will take him by the heel. A trap will catch him. A noose is hidden for him in the ground, a trap for him on the path. Terrors will make him afraid on every side, and he will chase him at his heels. His strength will be famished. Calamity will be ready at his side. The members of his body will be devoured. The firstborn of the dead will... The firstborn of death will devour his members. He will be rooted out of the security of his tent. He will be brought to the king of terrors. There will, there will dwell in his tent that which is none of his. Sulfur will be scattered on his habitation. His roots will be dried up beneath. His branch will be cut off above. His memory will perish from the earth. He will have no name in the street. He will be driven from light into darkness and chased out of the world. He will have neither son nor grandson among his people, nor any remaining where he lived. Those who come after will be astonished at his day, as those who went before were frightened. Surely such are the dwellings of the unrighteous. This is the place of him who doesn't know God. Uh, soon um, David will contribute some words about this passage. Um, but I thought I'll add a few of my own. Uh, here, uh, Bildad the Shuite is considering some things and presenting some things that, that really paint a picture of what hell is like. It, it, it's um, people who are destined for hell are cut off from sons and grandsons from everything remaining. There's such uh, desolation, such, you know, sulfur. Uh, it's such a tragic place, such loneliness, such sorrow, such dread, and it's awful. He, he, he's uh, giving many allusions to this in, in, in his words. And... Um, saying that these are the dwellings of the unrighteous. But, of course, there's also uh, been a lot of Job's talk uh, which seem to indicate hopelessness, and we'll soon find out that he comes to a place of great hope and makes a declaration and um, that, that we should all have hope Hope is such a precious thing for all of us to, to have, and, and it is actually a gift from God. It comes by His resurrection power. If we are lacking in hope, we need to ask that God give us hope. 
and it's such a, a living thing. It arises in us as the life of Christ. Yeah. These are the comments for Job chapter 18. In Job 18, we're in round two of the speeches and the second friend, Bildad, has his second speech, the 10th speech of the book out of 17. And he gets cranky with Job. <laughs> in the last speech, which was Job's reply to Eliphaz, Job ratcheted up and he started saying things about his friends. And also, if you go back to Job's first reply to Bildad, he said some things about Bildad, basically, you're wrong, you don't know what you're talking about. Bildad now gets his second chance to speak and he's just angry. Have you ever been in an argument where someone tells you plain out you're just wrong? <laughs> How does that make you feel? Well, it doesn't make Bildad, Bildad feel very good and he attacks. And he says a whole heap of things. Anyway, he says two things which I thought were interesting enough to talk about for a few minutes. In verse 5 he says, Yes, the light of the wicked will be put out, the spark of his fire will not shine. Now, he's trying to make the point that wicked people will suffer. And of course, what he's effectively saying is, look, you're suffering, you're wicked. And um, in a similar vein, go down to verse 8, he says, For he, talking about the wicked person, is cast into a net by his own feet, and he wanders into its mesh. In other words, the wicked person will be trapped. He's effectively saying to Job, look, you've been trapped, you must be wicked. So, um, what, what Bildad says is true in a, in, a ultimate, in a sense of ultimate reality. So, let me explain. First of all, his assumption is wrong about Job. So, we already know that. He's making these points, applying them to Job. The points are correct in one way of thinking. They're incorrect in the way he applies them to Job. So, the truth is that as far as ultimate reality goes, the wicked... Will not, will not prosper, the spark of their fire will be put out, the wicked will wander into a trap, they will be caught by their own feet in a net. These things are, they're metaphors, but they're true. In ultimate reality, this is what happens. And so what we've got is a, a, a Lord who judges all, and he stands in eternity, uh, in the judgment, in the place of judgment, seeing all, he sees every heart, he sees every deed that's been done, he sees every heart motive behind every deed that's been done, and he judges all. Paul uh, says to us in Romans, he says, be sure your sins will find you out. And um, th there's no one who does anything wrong that will get away with it. People think they get away with things. You know, there, there's that guy that did all those bank robberies in the 1970s in the USA. I'm trying to remember the name, famous bank robber. Well, he never got caught. There was the guy that, um, that stole money and hijacked a plane and then parachuted out and he was never found and the money was never found. So that, you know, there are people that seem to get away with terrible things. People like Idi Amin, you know, the, the dictator of Uganda that butchered all those people and then he fled and he lived out his days in luxury in Saudi Arabia. He seemed to get away with it. Or Christopher Scase, you know, the Australian tycoon who committed fraud and then ended up escaping to Spain and pretending that he was sick so that they couldn't extradite him, seem to get away with it. So there's all these people that seem to get away with it, but, and so if you thought that reality was only the here and now, you'd have to say, well, you know what, the wicked do sometimes get away with things. 
And no doubt those people do things like that because they do think only of the here and now. Uh, but what Bildad says is true if you look at it in the light of eternity. The wicked will have their fire snuffed out. I wouldn't want to be Idi Amin standing before God in the day of judgment. And I wouldn't want to be Christopher Scase standing before the Lord in the moment of judgment. Unless, of course, they repented at the last moment. None of us can judge ultimately because we don't know the state of every soul. I certainly wouldn't want to be Hitler. Now, he didn't really get away with it in the end, but I wouldn't want to be any of these people standing before the Lord in the day of judgment. So sometimes the things that are said here, you know, we just assume that anything these friends say is wrong because we know in the end they were told they were wrong. But no, some of the things they say are true in the, in the ultimate way of looking at them. So what we've got is a patient God. <laughs> and uh, I know that if every time a child did something wrong, it was punished, um, you know, you, know you, you imagine a child trying to learn to walk and you smack it every time it falls over, that child is never going to learn to walk. It's got to make mistakes as part of the process. It's not born perfect. It's not born with the ability to walk. And we've been born into a world where from the moment we're conceived, we're, we're sinful. Um, the, the doctrines of the church say that we were, ah, there's a word for it, not damned from birth, uh, depraved, that's the word. So, you know, the doctrine of the church say, says that we're born into a depraved state, not depraved in the sense that we're mad, but in another sense, yes, we are mad. Sin has corrupted our heart. We can't even think properly. We're born into that state. It's like we can't walk. So we want to learn to walk. And if the Lord was to just judge everyone from the very first minute and never give anyone a chance, then not a single soul would be saved. But the Lord is patient. <laughs> He's so kind. He wants everyone to be saved, so he gives chances. Plenty of them. Limitless amounts of chances. Now, there does come a moment when the chances run out, but God is so endlessly patient. And sometimes he has to be patient with the most wicked of people because there are very good reasons. So what Bildad says is wrong in the sense that, um, you know, Job was suffering, but it wasn't because he was wicked. He didn't quite get how to apply it properly, and he applied it wrongly to Job. But in a sense, yes, um, God does judge all things, and there's going to be a moment when his word on any situation is final, and it will all be sorted out. In 1 Corinthians 4, 5, um, Paul makes a point and he says, do not judge anything before the appointed time. So there's an appointed time where God will judge, but until then, don't judge. And the reason is because we don't know what God's doing. There might be someone who's wicked or someone that seems to us to be wicked, like I mentioned, Christopher Scase, excuse me, and we might be tempted to judge them, but we, we need to kind of hold back and say, Paul said, don't judge before the appointed time. The Lord will sort that out. And uh, the Lord, there's a reason why the Lord hasn't jumped in and wiped his life out. Maybe the Lord knew that he was going to repent at the last moment. Maybe our judgment's going to make it harder for him, spiritually speaking. Maybe our words are going to be a curse on him that will prevent him. Maybe we should just hold our tongue and let the Lord be Lord. And that would have been great advice for Bildad. <laughs> if Bildad could have read his New Testament, which he never got the chance to do, he would have said, don't judge anything before the appointed time, and he wouldn't have judged his friend Job. And at the same time, we shouldn't judge Bildad either, because he didn't even have a Bible. So uh, 
I thank God for these friends, Bildad. If I was to put myself back in the patriarchal period, I doubt I would have known as much about God as he did. And the things that he knew and the things he spoke, he did out of a good heart. And they've been written down in the Bible. <laughs> How much of our words have been written down in any Bible? You know, they're not in the Bible, you know? So God's used their words and they speak to us as they're doing today. So we don't judge him, even though he was wrong, because we learn. So Lord, I thank you for all we learn from people, even from Job's bad friends. And I just pray that we would become strong in faith and grace and heart and, and that we would not judge anyone or anything before the appointed time. In Jesus' name, amen.